The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hello and welcome to The Baggies Podcast, available of course on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and here on YouTube. If you're watching YouTube, you'll be able to see this nice little array of pictures. We've got a scarf up here, Claudio Jacob up there. Uh, we've got the calendar behind me array of shirts, we've got the light box with the episode on as well. So if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to, continuing of course with this new video version of the podcast on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. Hopefully, if you're on Apple Apple Podcast and Spotify, you'll be able to hear uh, a marked difference in the audio quality, I should hope, because last week parts were quiet, parts were loud, so hopefully we've managed to sort out those audio issues and hopefully we've managed to get on the straight and narrow regarding quality of the podcast. But on today's episode, on episode 29 of the Baggies podcast, as you're well to see there, uh, we're going to be reviewing the West Ham fixture from last Tuesday, we're going to be previewing the Manchester City fixture uh, of next week, and we're going to be giving you all the latest transfer news, because there's a lot of rumours coming into West Brom at the moment, and there's a lot of thoughts from you guys, uh, the listeners at home, who have been looking forward to hearing what I've got lined up for you. But without further ado, if you're new on here, make sure you're following me on Twitter at the Baggies Pod, and make sure you're going and liking the episode. If you're on YouTube, subscribing on YouTube. There's a video in the week about Big Sam and just why this transfer window is so important for the Albion. But without further ado, that brings us to the start of this week's episode of the Baggies Podcast. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Of course, we start the episode with a little look back at last Tuesday's fixture against West Ham. Obviously, resulting in a two-one. Uh, lost uh, for West Bromwich Albion and in what was still a marked improvement of performance uh, not quite as good as the Wolves game probably because the result wasn't particularly uh, uh, good for, against West Ham but was against Wolves however it was a reasonable performance uh, from the Albion I mean there are a few defensive mishaps which obviously need to be addressed as they always have but in order to look at this game uh, we, we do have to look back at the Wolves game and talk about the 100% you know, effort, application and determination from the Albion players. Now that is something that we saw again against West Ham. Uh, we were unlucky to lose, I thought. Uh, perhaps didn't create all the chances that perhaps we should have. We did have plenty of opportunities to uh, to, to, to score goals. Um, we just needed to create more and finish them a bit more clinically. I thought that we... Um, I thought that we tried very hard against West Ham. I thought we worked the ball very nicely. Uh, at times, I thought that the defence looked quite solid until they got into some sort of into the six-yard area, West Ham, and then we sort of fell to pieces. And that is why they scored two goals: a uh, goal from Mikel Antonio. I'm thinking of in particular, but then poor defensively for the first one as well, uh, which I think was Jared Bowen who scored that one. Uh, it was just the fact that Grasicki didn't decide to track the fullback um, all the way to the penalty area, and obviously a good cross into Bowen, who, who was an improvised finish, but really good. Um, the application was there. I don't think we deserved to lose. I thought a draw would have been a fair result in that particular one. I just feel that we perhaps looked a little um, a little sluggish, perhaps I'd say. I thought that we, we tried very hard, but I'd say that our you know, overall ingenuity wasn't, wasn't perhaps there in, the, in this game. Of course, if you weren't aware, uh, Robert Snodgrass didn't play in this particular game due to an agreement, apparently, between West Bromwich Albion and... Uh, West Ham that if they didn't agree to him not playing against them then they wouldn't put through the transfer until later on in the window so however Big Sam went with that agreement and didn't play him but then decided to announce that agreement 
in a press conference, which I didn't think was the best move, to be honest. Um, the Premier League uh, have been investigating. Nothing major likely to come about of it. However, you could have just kept that one on the quiet. You could have just said, by the way, uh, Snodgrass isn't playing because it's the first time he's played 90 minutes for quite a while. He needs a bit of a rest. Nobody would have said anything about it and he'd have just got on with it. However, <laughs> the fact that Big Sam has gone out and announced that, that, that particular uh, problem to the press means that we have, they've got written, you know, they've got a recorded video of him saying that. So there's no getting away from that now. Whatever fine they decide to give us, we're going to have to accept because there's no way we can perhaps weed our way out that one. A bit silly from Big Sam and a bit silly that we'd agree to that. I, I mean, yeah, I'm just confused as to why West Ham didn't want him to play against them. I mean... West Ham did, clearly don't think he's good enough to play for West Ham. So, you know, why does it matter? But finishing chances in that game was a real problem for me. I think we missed Snodgrass a bit with that streetwise sort of sense. Uh, and I do have to say, one of the things I am going to say is that Sawyers looked quite good, I thought. I, I thought that was one of his better games this season. I thought he looked a bit more... Uh, you know, a bit, bit less sluggish on the ball, but a bit less... Uh, a bit less dawdling from him. I thought he looked a bit more, um, a bit more efficient with his passing. Uh, by that I mean not giving the ball away so much. Not giving a ball. I mean in that Wolves game, his pass accuracy was the, probably the lowest that we've seen from him in his West Brom career so far. Uh, I thought that was his best game. I think if he keeps that standard up and just just a bit more defensive cover, I think we need from him. We know that he can pass the ball. We know that he can pass it uh, backwards, backwards and sideways, um, and get you know, nearly 100% pass accuracy every game. But I feel that he can add a bit more cover to the defence if he just works a bit harder. You know, everybody knows that it's, a, you know, Sawyer spends most of his time chewing gum, than he, you know, more time chewing gum than he does actually playing the game. However, if he works a bit harder, I feel he can provide a bit of cover for the defence, which is what, what we really need. I mean, the application in that game was there. I think a lot of players were trying... Uh, Kamil Grisicki, obviously to blame for that first goal, not tracking his fullback, but I thought he was alright. I thought he tried quite hard going forward. I think if he had more runs at the defender, like he did at Soufal in that second half, I think he would have perhaps made a bit more end product and perhaps a bit more, you know, given a bit more, um, like, you know, a bit, a bit more flair on that wing. Because I feel like he, he, he had one run at the defender all game and he got past him straight away. And I was just, you know, I was just bemused at the fact that he'd done that. It, like the first time he did it was the was the time he got past him. I was just a bit confused as to why he doesn't have another go and keep having goes at the defender. Because if he had more goes at the defender, then perhaps he might create more opportunities in order to score. I feel his end product isn't lacking at all. I think his end product is one of the best things about his games. Grisicki when he does get on it, but I feel like he wasn't going to be able to get on it if he doesn't take runs at the fullback. He looked like a player. Low on a bit of confidence, perhaps like the rest of the team. But I don't see why he wouldn't would be low on confidence after that Wolves game. But maybe Grisicki just needed a bit of a chance to run at the defender. I feel, you know, we did make some chances, but finishing them was a bit of a problem. I feel without that striker up front, you lose a lot of those finishing the chances opportunities. Robinson, of course, playing up front again. Thought he did a good job. I thought he thought he worked hard, of course. He, he always does, Robinson, but he's not a striker. I think he'd make a really good winger, if I'm being honest. I think he could try really hard on that wing and provide really good defensive cover for a fullback. But he can't go out on the wing until a striker is brought in. And we're going to talk more about that later because we've got transfer news coming up for you towards the end of the episode. Plenty of different rumours coming in, so we're going to be discussing those 
all that is item four on the agenda. I've got my nice agenda here on my desk, but you'll be able to um, you'll be able to hear about that later on in the episode. But ultimately, you know, it's the, 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 the poor defensively for for both goals. Um, we scored through Mateus Pereira with a lovely, lovely, lovely strike. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, you know, a really nice, really nice goal. I thought it was it was perhaps a you know a stunner from Pereira. He's really starting to find a bit of form. He's starting to realise that he really is the key man in this side, and that he can be the one to drive us towards those those eventual endings and those eventual goals. I feel like you know in, in I feel like West Ham dominated the ball and we allowed them to dominate. It was just before half time when we conceded that goal for, through Jared Bowen. It was just the worst time to concede because we played quite well up to that point. We just needed to hold out to half time to give it a go after half time. But unfortunately, we were unable to do so, and that that is where things become annoying because, you know, you find yourself in a difficult situation for, from our perspective to come back and fight back. But Pereira, with a bit of magic there, sorted that out and and managed to get. But let's not forget West Ham, where they are in the league. They are quite high up in the league. They are, in fact, seventh. That's quite you know to to be really on par with them for most of the game and to be able to contain them for that long was was pretty good. I just thought we needed to do a bit more defensively because people like Ajayi and Bartley they played absolutely outstandingly. Uh, and, you know O'Shea as well played. O'Shea for me played really well against against West Ham. Not so good in the Wolves game, but I thought the central defenders in in the West Ham game a bit hesitant to clear the ball at times. I think we need to be a bit more decisive with our clearance. Just put your foot through it. If it has to go, it has to go. You know I'd rather see it go into the stand and people say that we're hoofing the ball forward than it ended up in the back of our net. To be honest, Gallagher playing out on the wing, which was a, a, a weird decision from Allardyce, but I think he knows Pereira works best through the centre when he's in control of the play. He was he was really good, Pereira. I think he just needs to keep this up, this fantastic form that he's in. Four goals, three assists in 15 matches. You can't really complain about that from a West Bromwich Albion perspective. He's working hard. He's he's showing exactly the quality that we need to him to show. But I, I'm worried if we do go down that he'll be snapped up very quickly by by another team. He's worked really hard um, to get to get his game back on top. He's one of those players. He's one and one of the only players that I've seen come out on Twitter and back. You know, say I'm sorry. You know, he said I'm sorry about the performance. You know, we we're working hard. We're going to make it up to you, Baggies fans. But he's one of the only ones who's actually come and done that. He's he's acted upon his words. Uh, unlike Sawyer's, who uh, made that own goal against Leeds, and then we went on to lose four 0 at Arsenal with him being at fault for two of the goals by not tracking his man. So. It was obviously that we found um, Pereira in some good form, and we've obviously got him in some good form, and he's obviously got some confidence now. So hopefully that can drag us forward into the into the next few games. But ultimately against West Ham, I thought we were a little unlucky to lose. I thought we played quite well, and we and we worked really hard. I think we had a real chance with Gallagher, um, who who hit his shot wide. I thought he should be hitting the target. I thought it was it was a difficult angle to shoot from and a difficult position to shoot from because it came off the inside outside of his foot. But in my opinion, he did. He could have made a, a bit better fist of that, and could have indeed um, made a difference and perhaps drawn the game. I thought we did deserve to draw the game, but I didn't think we were that far off um, that far off a draw against West Ham. However, it's just difficult because ultimately quality does prevail. Uh, we we struggled with Mikel Antonio to contain him. Obviously, goal scorer, winning goal scorer as well. We did struggle to contain him quite a lot. I think he. I think he didn't. I think he just influenced the game too much. I think, you know, he he bullied a few. He bullied, uh, you know, people like Daroche. You saw him up in Pereira on the halfway line, absolutely bodied him. But you do look at Michael Antonio and you think, do we have somebody like that who can 
boss around defenders and then you look and say, no, we don't. And that's probably the difference between the two sides today is the fact that they've had a quality striker. May I just put in the, you know, the, the, the um, applaud it for Declan Rice. thought he was outstanding on, uh, on Tuesday night. I thought he worked really hard. He's, he's just the player that we need. The play that we need to screen that back four, constantly being tidy, winning the ball back, winning headers, stopping pressure on the back four. I just think he's what we need in that midfield, that sort of player. Not Declan Rice, we're not going to afford him. He's he's probably going to go to Chelsea at some point. But Declan Rice, that sort of mould of player who's going to sit in front of your back four uh, and screen the back four, play passes uh, and just cause um, the opposition an extra thought because he's, he's obviously in front of that back four all the time. He doesn't move, he just shuffles left and right and he causes... Um, Difficult thinking from opposition because he marks a lot of centre attacking midfielders out the game. Be it Pereira was superb and was able to evade him for for parts of that game, but all in all, we are in need of that holding midfielder. And I think Declan Rice one of the other reasons they won. I thought Mikel Antonio was superb, but their fullbacks as well, West Ham, Soufal and and Cresswell, just getting down the just getting down the wings and, and pinging in crosses constantly caused a lot of pressure on our defence. And I don't see us doing that very often. However. It was a marked improvement in performance from what we've seen before the Wolves game. Not quite as good as the Wolves game, simply because of the result. However, we worked really hard, and I thought that we deserved a point out of the game. Uh, I think we worked. I thought we thought we worked really hard, and I think that we deserved deserved that point. Uh, I think a lot of people agreed, and uh, you know, I think we we're a little a little harsh on ourselves actually to not to not get a point. And I thought that we should have created more chances and converted the ones that we did have. Gallagher's one sticks out as like a sore thumb for me. That falls to other players, perhaps Pereira, it goes in the top corner. Falls to somebody like Robinson, might end up in the net. However, with a clinical striker, if it falls to them, it goes in the back of the net all day long. From one game to another now, it's time to talk about Manchester City, which is the game that we'll be playing on Tuesday night, which obviously is a very big game for us, because last time we proved uh, against the odds that we could get the point against them. So we've now got another chance to go and see if we can get the point at the Hawthorns. I mean, it's just going to have to be the same again in this particular fixture. We're just going to have to. It's just going to have to be eleven men behind the ball, defending for your lives. I mean, I have to talk. I'm going to talk about the Cheltenham Man City game. I mean, it's not really a, you know, backies related game, but you've got to look at them, Cheltenham as an example, and you'd hope that West Brom have a better quality side than Cheltenham. But you do have to say, can they? Um, can they uh, be that team to uh, be that team to um, you know upset the odds, West Brom? Because obviously we have got better quality players than Cheltenham, and Cheltenham exemplified what Premier League teams should do against them. Try and nick a little goal from perhaps a long throw. <laughs> we do the long throw as well. They did it. It worked. However, if we use that long throw, you know, and it's obviously worked because we've managed to we've managed to score from it against Wolves. However, if we start to work. Um, Work that ball in really well, then we, um, you know, we can perhaps cause a little upset here, and I'm confident that we potentially can. However, um, we we've got to defend resolutely. We can't afford to be making mistakes like we have against Wolves and West Ham within the defence, because those defensive mistakes will cost us. And there's no there's no doubt about that. Defen defensive mistakes are going to cost you as a team. You will find yourself in a world of trouble if you um, if you cause you know, if you don't fail to clear the ball, you fail to, you give the ball away in your own penalty box, which has happened. It, it happened against West Ham a couple of times, us trying to not clear, not put our foot through it and not clear the ball properly. We have to go out there and be resolute. And if there's no, you know, if there's mistakes, Man City will punish. 
uh, you know, Cheltenham weren't a bad, weren't, didn't play badly at all. Just Man City's quality eventually prevailed. They played really well, Cheltenham. However, you know, you hold them to 1-1. They scored against them. They scored against, you know, multi... You know, there's a £57 million defender in there. That's worth more than Cheltenham's entire team. Uh, and probably, you know, probably worth as much as Cheltenham Football Club it itself, unfortunately. That's just the way the modern world works. However, we've got to go and be defensively resolute. 11 men behind the ball, it's got to be... And then you've just got to go and give 100%. You know, just to stand a chance, that is, of, of getting a point. Not to win, that's just to get a point. Uh, it's just the fact that you know that they've got that quality. And, and it, they give it, West Brom have given you that hope by saying... You know, look, look at us. We we drew with them last time. Well, potentially we can go and get that result again. But you know, it's the, it really is the hope that kills you in this sort of situation. You've got to go out and be defensively resolute. You've got to go out and put your best foot forward. As in, you know, in that game we had <laughs> we had twenty three percent possession. Uh, we had we had one big chance which came through from an own goal from Ruben Diaz um, off uh, Semi Ajayi. But then, you know, you look at the Man City game last night and you look at the way in which Cheltenham played because they did themselves really proud and you have to congratulate them. I'm going to talk about the two players that played for us in that particular game, which was really fantastic to see. Uh, we had Josh Griffiths in goal, who made a couple of outstanding saves, one-on-one -on -one with Mares, and then um, one from Jesus as well, I think. And then Finn Azaz in that midfield. I thought he looked really good, looking to take the ball forward constantly. Uh, did a really good job. He was the more attacking, I think, of those three midfielders that they played. But he worked really hard to get that forward. I can see him becoming a nice little player. The future look, is looking bright for West Brom. If we can, you know, even if you just don't end up, they don't end up making it into your first team, you could make a lot of money off players like that. However, we've just got to go and be resolute, defensively resolute. Got to see if you can catch City on the break, like like you did against Liverpool in that second half. I mean, you've got to go and give 100% just to stand a chance. I can see him opting for perhaps somebody like Field to play in this particular game, just to screen that back for Livermore in front, uh, Gallagher maybe as well. I think you've got to go and um, give 100%. It's going to be difficult, of course. They've got that quality. They've got the they've got the defence sorted as well, City. There's not, not going to be many errors from them. However, it's going to have to be a fantastic performance from the Albion in order to get the um, get the game going. It's just going to be difficult to 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 etch a result out of this. Um, you know, you can see yourself getting a point. Big Sam masterclass is very much needed. You saw it with Sean Dyson Burnley against Liverpool the other day. It can be done against the bigger teams. You've just got to go and put yourselves out there. Give all your heart, all your passion into putting in a good performance for the fans. It's just got to be done. We're going to see how that goes. That's on Tuesday night at 8.15. A slightly weird time uh, in, in terms of team news. I'm not sure that we've got many major abs absences, but let's have a look just in case we have. Injured for us, we got uh, Grady Dean Garner might be back, might not be back. Uh, Grant probably won't be back. Phillips could be back, um, and Townsend is doubtful, unfortunately. There's a few injuries for them as well. They got Carl Walker out. They got De Bruyne out, which is a big plus for us. But I do have to say they've had a young lad called Phil Foden. I'm sure you're aware of him, but he's been stepping into De Bruyne's shoes of late. So I feel like that might not be, uh, you know, it's the bigger thing. However, we've got to go out there and put in 100%. My score prediction for this. I'm gonna say I'm gonna just gonna just gonna go for a nil nil. I'm afraid I wanna wanna be cheeky and go for a one nil victory to the Albion, but I, I can't see it happening at all. 
It's now time to talk transfers here on the Baggies podcast. A few little rumours coming in uh, in terms of transfer news, which I'm going to talk to you about now. You guys have been getting involved, giving your thoughts on the recent transfers. So we're going to tell you all about it here on the Baggies podcast. So let's start with a few uh, that have come over recently, which is, uh, well, actually, let's start by talking about the outgoing outgoings at the club being Philip Kravinovich and Rakeem Harper. So Rakeem Harper has gone on loan to Birmingham City, standalone, end of the season, hopefully going to get some really good game time. He was really in need of it, I think. I think he, he's not going to be able to break into the side this season, but potentially with a good spell at Birmingham. You know, Birmingham, known for breeding a good youngster in Jude Bellingham, could potentially give Rakeem Harper the playing time that he desperately needs. Uh, I, I wish him all the best, and I hope he does well there. Uh, hopefully he's going to play for them very soon, and we'll be able to assess his performances. I, I, I do believe that he's got the quality to potentially cause uh, problems I think he's strong he's he's got good ball quality uh, it's just been perhaps a bit of lack of work ethic potentially for these um, for the for the lad I think you know, that's what's really causing the fall down but I, I mean if two managers haven't seen the quality in it it's a bit worrying um, but hopefully things will go all right and and he'll be able to get some much needed game time Philip Kravinovich is the one that we're gonna have to shed a tear for uh, a, a signing brought in by Slavin Bilic last season on loan uh, and obviously did a really good job in the championship. Not a star player, I'd say, but a really good player to have in and around that squad. Boost. I think he was really a morale booster around that squad. And it'll be interesting to see how Pereira reacts because they did have a little bit of a special bond going on, and it's a bit upsetting at the fact that um, that, that special bond was gone. However, he wasn't really influential in the championship. I thought he was a good player uh, and did work really hard. However. Um, it was a bit of a problem for us with with him uh, this season. He just hasn't been able to break into the first team. He's probably the least um, the least big Sam player I have ever seen in my entire life. Not particularly physical. Um, not guaranteed to get you goals or assists. Just not a big Sam player in my opinion. Unfortunately, I mean I like the lad. I think he's a fantastic guy, and he's obviously got one of those infectious smiles. He obviously loved West Bromwich Albion and enjoyed his time here, but that was mainly due to his bond with Slavon Bilic and his connection with him. So unfortunately, Philip Kravinovich has had his loan t- terminated uh, from Benfica, and he has now gone to Nottingham Forest on loan. So all the best to Philip Kravinovich. Uh, I'll never forget that that win against Millwall in the rain and the storm uh, in which he scored in in really bad adverse weather conditions. However, we do wish him all the best here at the Baggies podcast. I particularly wish him all the best, and I think he's an awesome guy, and I hope he goes on to make a good career out of himself. But moving on to incomings, potentially, for the Albion. We've got a few to talk about here. Um, We've got Christian Benteke, who is one who I've um, been been looking at over the past couple of past week. One that has potentially um, come about over the past couple of days. He um, potentially could be moving to West Bromwich Albion. We got a real interest in him. That's all that we can say. Uh, he's a potential suitor. Uh, Crystal Palace signing a new striker in Jean-Philippe Mateta. So that moves Benteke down in the pecking order, which is what, you know, if we want to sign, that's what we'd like to see. However, he's probably going to be available for loan, but he might be available on a really cheap deal. His contract runs out in the summer, as far as I'm aware. However, um, he could leave... Palace for free apparently but however he is the own Sam Allardyce is one of the only person who got a tune out of him at Palace that is all I can say of all the managers who've come and gone at Palace 
Sam Allardyce was the one who got a tune out of him. He's the one that managed to get him going, get him firing and get some goals in for Palace. That's why I've got my hopes with him. However, recently he's been incredibly out of form and that is a bit worrying. He's, you know, the, He scored twice against us, but I wouldn't really count those goals. We were absolutely dismal in that game. However, we just I'm not sure whether he's what we need. He is. We do need a big striker because of the way Big Sam's trying to play and you're throwing it up to small lads like Grant and Robinson, you're never going to hold it up. So Benteke looks to be one that we're looking at, 30 years old. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, it's it's fantastic to see that we're still getting linked with these players. Uh, but Benteke could be a potential incoming. Jesse Lingard, another one in which that we've 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 had a look at. When he's in the mind space, the right form, he could potentially be the right player. He's been cut from the 23-man squad for um for Manchester United. So it looks like his his day's done. Uh, we're going to have a particular opinion from uh, Tim about this one. Tim says, Jesse Lingard, if the wages are low. Apart from that, it's totally uninspiring. We need to win win the midfield to apply pre pressure on the defence and apply forwards. So, um, Jesse Lingard, in, if the wages are low, I think in the right mind space, he could be the right sort of player. However, it could be one that we're looking at. I think... If he's in the right headspace, he could be a good player. However, I don't see why you need him. Why do you need him if you've got Pereira? I think Pereira's the player that you need in that sort of position, creating the chances. Um, apart from that, Diagne, uh, Mbaye Diagne, uh, for, from Galatasaray, one that we spoke about over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, it potentially could be happening. Um, you know, it could be one that we bring in. Uh, we're, we, he's turned down an offer from China. Uh, and fresh talks have opened up uh, over the last 48 hours. Uh, Galatasaray looked to, ready to let him go on loan with uh, Brentford's Halil Dervisoglu looking to be coming in for, um, Brent, for from Brentford to Galatasaray. Ahmed Musa is another one. Um, apparently Ahmed Musa could be done by Wednesday. He's a free agent, been released by, uh, I think it's Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia, which he, used to, which he was playing for. So it looks like he's been released and we're looking to pick him up. It's just I, I, Nobody else is going in for him, so why are you? That's the question I have to ask. Why is nobody else looking at him? Why is nobody else having it, trying to pick him up? I mean, it's going to be difficult, but we're going to see how, what happens. I've asked you guys, this is your opinion, Transfer News Opinions, which one would you take out the latest rumours? So the options were Mbaye Diane, uh, Ahmed Musa, Jesse Lingard and Christian Benteke. So 53% for Mbaye Diang. Uh, 23% Christian Benteke, 13% for Jesse Lingard, and 11% for Ahmed Musa. So the one that we're closest to signing, apparently, with Ahmed Musa, is your least favourite. However, in Bai Diang, I think would be a good signing. He's just a bit untested and untried in the Premier League. That's the only problem I have. Um, I think he suits the system. He will score goals, and he's got that um, got that pace, that power up front that might be useful. 29 years old. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's not been included in the match day squad today. Which is, uh, but that's because of his suspension. As far as I'm aware, he got sent off in the Galatasaray Besiktas game. But nine goals in 15 matches in the Super League this this season. It's going to be very interesting to see. And the transfer window, of course, rounds up at the end of this month, which will be by the time the next podcast comes out, we'll be able to update you on uh, what's happened in the transfer window. Obviously, we, we I'll be recording this on deadline day, so you'll be able to hear everything that's happening. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with Mbaye Diagne for West Bromwich Albion. Uh, I'd like to see him come to the club. I'd like to see 
perhaps um, another a defensive midfielder, I think, and, and perhaps a centre back as well. But I think he's found his home with Bartley. I think striker's the priority at the moment. And by Dian, Benteke would be all right. I think he's got that hold up quality, but he won't be expected to score the goals, surely. However, that brings us to the end of the Baggies podcast, episode 29. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, and may I say, you've, you've got exquisite taste to be coming and joining me on the podcast, uh, wherever you are. Hopefully, if you've been on YouTube, you're better watch. But if you're on your way to work and you're watching on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, that's fine. Still, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you all for your bringing in your opinions and your thoughts on the transfer news. However, it is my time to be going now. Uh, that is the end of the Baggies podcast for episode 29. Hopefully you go, go go and follow and watch all the other videos on the channel which should be appearing up here or here. Not sure which side they'll appear on today. But hopefully you guys will go and watch them. Hopefully you're enjoying this new video format. I've enjoyed bringing it to you and it certainly makes the podcast a lot more fun to film. However, that brings us to the end of the Baggies podcast. Thank you very much for listening and watching. It's been a pleasure having you on and have a fantastic week. Hopefully you're all staying safe and staying well. Thank you very much. See you next time. Goodbye.